And even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. As we enter into our time in God's word, it strikes me that as disciples of Jesus, we have so much to be thankful for and so much to ask and pray for. So let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for the light of your glory in Jesus and we pray that you would fill us with your light as we gladly hear and learn from you today. Please protect us from the evil one and give us focus and openness to your word. Holy Spirit, please guide us all to the throne of grace to find strength and courage for this day. And we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. The image of the veil in our reading today doesn't make much sense without us taking a quick trip to a trembling mountain called Mount Sinai. When God rescued his people from slavery in Egypt and and brought them all to Mount Sinai, he sent Moses up the mountain to receive tablets written by God himself. Tablets of the testimony, the Ten Commandments. You guys will know about the Ten Commandments if you were there on uh, Wednesday evening. You went through it and you learnt the Ten Commandments at, at Peace College and you did such a great job. And while Moses was up with God for 40 days and 40 nights, do you recall what the people of Israel were doing down the bottom of the mountain while he was up there? Do you know what they were doing? They made a golden calf. They even got Aaron to melt down the gold and they bowed down to it and they confessed that this idol had rescued them from Egypt. First commandment. You shall have no other gods. Fear, love and trust in God above all things. And Moses came down from the mountain and he saw what had been going on and he held the tablets of the testimony and he smashed them on the ground. People died as a consequence of their sin and in Exodus chapter 34, Moses went back up to speak with God. Now when Moses returned down the mountain a second time, he had two more tablets with the Ten Commandments written on them and his face was radiant having spoken with the Lord. It was glowing, it was bright with the glory of God and the people seeing the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him and he had to actually encourage them to come and slowly they did, first the leaders and then the people and Moses explained to them the commandments that he'd received. And whenever Moses had finished speaking to the people, he would pull down the veil over his face to hide the radiance, to hide the the glory, fading though it was, until he went back in to the tent of meeting to speak with God again and then he would lift it up. We need to ask ourselves, who is this God of glory? Who is this God in whose presence radiance and light flows in such a way that Moses' face reflected the glory of the Lord? Powerful. 
And so this is the this is the setting of the veil and where it came from. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, Paul uses the image of the veil to describe the minds and hearts of people who don't know Jesus, beginning with the Jews. It's like there is a veil that stops people from seeing the glory and salvation that comes only in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. But it's more than just the Jews who don't see the imperishable, unfading glory of Jesus Christ. You may well know people in your life who don't know the grace, who don't know the renewal, don't know the abundant life that comes from being united to Jesus Christ by faith. And if you do know, like I do, it grieves me deeply. The truth is that there are literally tens of thousands of people walking around our city who for some reason can't see the glory of Christ. And as Christians, we want to see people renewed, don't we? We want to see people filled with the forgiveness and the peace and the hope that we know. And we reach out to others, not because we want to build some kind of mega church. It's not what, what our motivation is. We don't reach out to people in the hope that we'll increase our budget tenfold. Who cares about money? We don't reach out to people so that we can have some impressive statistics. That is not what we're about. We reach out in love because we've seen and experienced the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we want that joy, that same joy for all people. Don't we? Paul says, therefore, since we have such a hope in Christ, we are very bold. And yet we can only preach to others the Christ that we've met for ourselves. We're only bold in the knowledge of how much grace upon grace that we've received ourselves from the Lord. I can testify to that. I'm a sinner who has received grace upon grace upon grace from the hand of the Lord. It got me thinking, last December I was in Adelaide for an ordination service and this one day I was crossing O'Connell Street in North Adelaide. It's a very busy road and as I was crossing, a man who was walking beside me veered into me and crashed into my side. We were both walking in the same direction. And I thought maybe he had his face in an iPhone or something like that and he wasn't watching where he was going. But that wasn't the case at all. The man was completely blind. He couldn't see where he was going. And as we chatted, we had a bit of a laugh about it. We got across the other side of the road and we were chatting and then my phone rang. And so I'm on the phone and we're crossing the road again and I hang up from the phone and out of the corner of my eye I see this blind man veering off the road again and heading towards construction barriers and the curb, not knowing where he's going. And I freaked out a little bit and I, I ran over to him and I, and I called out, stop, just before he actually walked into these barriers. It's not his fault, he couldn't see where he was going. It's not about me either. No one wants to see a blind man fall in the street and hurt himself. We want to see him get safely across the road, don't we? Something kicks inside of us and we call out, Stop! What about people who are blind when it comes to seeing Jesus? Are we bold for their sake? I mean, why is there even blindness to Jesus? Why can't people see the glory of Christ? 
Well, God's Word tells us, verse 4, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the Gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Who is the God of this world? It's a small g, not a big one. Who's the small g God of this world? Ephesians 2 calls him the ruler of the kingdom of the air. It's Satan and his fallen angels. And Satan works to blind the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing who Jesus truly is and what he's done for us all on the cross. And so... The horrendous reality of this is that when people are shown God's grace, when they're shown Jesus' blood and righteousness on the cross, when new life and salvation are held out to them, a blinded mind sees that and thinks of it as absolutely nothing. It responds, a blinded mind responds like a cold, hard stone. It's horrendous. And what's really cunning is that Satan only works to blind their minds from seeing Christ and the things of God. Every other faculty has wonderful vision. Wonderful vision. Great people, great gifts, great talents and abilities. But the veil Satan holds up is there to prevent people from seeing Jesus. And friends, that's the work of the evil one. I want you to know this about the God of this world that he doesn't want you to know. And that is that he is not all-powerful. He doesn't get the last say. He is not all-powerful. God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit is all-powerful. And while Satan works to blind minds, he has no authority and he has no ability to lessen the power or bring down the power or inhibit the glory of the power of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. The one who stands in blazing glory on the Mount of Transfiguration looked forward to the cross and he said this, Now the prince of this world will be driven out, but I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. God has power to call forth a new dawn in the hearts and minds of those who don't yet know him. Every single one of us at one time in our life, whether we were an infant or as an adult, have been dead in our sins, completely dead, with no hope, no light, no life. We've been dead in our sins and it took a new dawn where the power of the Holy Spirit reached out and took hold of you and led you out of darkness, led you out of spiritual blindness and into the light of the glory of Christ. At the beginning of the world, God spoke and called forth light out of darkness. Let there be light, he said, and there was light. Jesus calls each one of you out of darkness to walk together with him in the light of his truth, which is his word. Your salvation, your spiritual rebirth is the dawning light of the glory of Christ in your life. Please treasure that and cling to it. Each day is a new dawn of God's grace in your life. You didn't do that. It's a work of the Creator God through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the work of God drawing people to Himself. And so you too now live in the grace of God with hearts and minds that aren't blinded but can see clearly the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Please know 
please know, no one is a lost cause in God's economy. No one is a lost cause. Each one of us are living evidence of that. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 5 and 6, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. We live in a time of preparation. We live in a time of discipleship. We live in a time where God calls and draws all people to himself. And so now is the time to preach Jesus Christ as Lord. Now is the time not to proclaim how good we are or to seek glory for ourselves, but to preach and proclaim with boldness the glory of God, the one who redeemed, the one who purchased and won our salvation. Romans 10 says, Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing. We preach Christ. And yeah, we could look outside and be sad about people walking in darkness and lament that they're not sitting in here with us today in church. Or we could bear witness to Jesus, hoping and praying that God's light will vaporise Satan's dark veil and that people would turn to Jesus. We can earnestly pray that the Lord of the harvest, by the power of the Spirit, would do what we were singing before, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of the heart. I want to see you. And we pray that the power of the Spirit would open hearts and minds to see Jesus Christ. And we pray that he would bring about a new dawn of grace, that the sun would rise in Cairns, in this city, And we would see a new thing happening in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are servants for Jesus' sake. We serve for the ultimate joy of all people and that ultimate joy is not for me, it's not about me, that ultimate joy is Jesus. We serve for the ultimate joy of all people and that ultimate joy is Jesus. So as you leave today, As you go out into your calling, remember that God who called light out of darkness is powerful to save. Like Moses on the mountain, you've been in the saving presence of God today. Your hearts are aglow with the glory of Christ. Your life is being transformed into the likeness of Christ with ever-increasing glory. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold We're not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And now this, and we all who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. So go out boldly today. 
Go out boldly carrying the great hope of Jesus which is yours in Christ. And as you walk in his grace, reflect and spread the aroma of the glory of Christ wherever you go, praying that people's hearts and minds would be opened, the veil would be lifted and that they would see even just a glimpse of the glory of Christ in you. In Jesus' name, Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds safe in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour.